Welcome back to Plus Her, a Stepmom's Journeys podcast. I am your host, Anne Laurie Forbes, stepmom to two amazing boys. And on this podcast, I share my personal journey as well as the journey of other stepmoms to pass on lessons learned, tips, and any advice to all my fellow stepmamas out there. With every episode and every story shared, we aim to change the evil stepmom narrative. We want to get to know her, understand her, and appreciate her. Hey, beautiful people. Thank you for joining us for another episode. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about the relationship between stepmom and bio moms, as well as step parenting in the church. And to discuss this topic, I have a fellow stepmom, Tasia Brown, with us. Welcome to the Plus Her Podcast, Tasia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have you. I can't wait to have this discussion with you because I think it's a really important one. First things first, I always want to know how the stepmom journey began for you. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So me and my husband, we've known each other since we were kids. We grew up in church actually together and kind of just both had lived our lives. We were always like close and best friends. As I got older, when I was in college or university, him and his partner, he had three kids and they decided that it was best for them to just co-parent together instead of trying to you know, actually be in a relationship. And him and I had just gotten closer over. I had actually gone to Australia for school and um, we would regularly chat over the phone and so forth. And when I came back home to Canada, uh, we started seeing each other. And yeah, so we've basically known each other since um, we, I was 10 years old. And um, he always has this little story that when he first, the first time he saw me, he turned to his friend and said, one day I'm going to marry that girl. So it was a, <laughs> a long time journey, but eventually we uh, ended up on the same path. Oh, I love that. That's such a cute story. So you guys have been friends for a while, and so there's some history there. And you guys met at church? Yes, my mom started going to church when I was 10. His mom and my mom actually became really good friends. And so that's how we had originally met. Okay, so then that means you were in his children's lives from, I mean, well, you knew of them from early on, clearly, because you guys were in each other's lives. Did that help the transition for you to become a stepmom when you when you guys started dating? Oh, 100%. I think that if it was just anybody like in the world, it would have been really difficult to just sort of like start from scratch with somebody who already had three kids. But because I had known him since we were kids, I knew who he was as a man. I knew his integrity. I watched him be a father. I watched him have a good co-parenting relationship with her. I think that's what really helped sort of make that leap of faith. To me, that seems like it would be such a smooth transition. But I want to know, did you experience at the beginning any unnecessary comments that were made, especially, you know, from members of the church? It was kind of um, a mixed reaction. Those who were really good friends of ours, they had always known that we were such good friends. They had always known that we had this little cute childhood moments when we were kids that uh, we always kind of had like a little crush on each other. So everyone who really were our close friends knew the situation, supported the situation, but I found it difficult more so with like the older folks in the church who are a little bit more traditional. Mm -hmm. And in the church I grew up in, marriage was like for life. 
and you know the concept of like the typical nuclear family was always the standard right so there was always this idea that like well he had kids with her and therefore he has to marry her and so he'd always they always pressured him for years like why aren't you married her why haven't you married her and even though yes he had children with her and that's a lifetime commitment regardless because he was raised in church and had this concept that church what marriage was absolutely poor life he never felt comfortable to make that crossover to actually get into a marriage with her and vice versa technically it was okay for me to marry him because he was technically never married before so like in the technicality of the church it was okay but there was still always this like pressure of like well he should have he should have just married her and he already has kids with her and it was always like uncomfortable like they couldn't wrap their brains around this concept that like he has kids with one person but is marrying somebody else it's interesting that you said technically it was okay because he hadn't been married before that's the same in my situation my husband didn't marry my son's biological mother and so uh, for me I grew up in church as well like you said it's usually the older more traditional more conservative church members that would pull me to the side and say something say something inappropriate or say something just negative about the situation that when they found out like okay he wasn't married before it's like oh okay well then you'll be the first and only wife that's not bad (laughs) (laughs) yeah but then at the same time there was judgment you know for him like well how come he had children out of wedlock because in the church we don't believe in that right you get married then you have children they're looking at him sideways and I find that the the younger folks or people around my age were a little bit more um, open-minded, a little bit more supportive because sure. I, I was really the only one at the time dealing with this type of situation in my church. Um, I just was very protective and I still am of my family and like just really defensive because I just hated the judgment. I hated hated the judgment and I didn't really know how to deal with the naysayers at the beginning of my journey, except to just be really protective of my family. So I want to know how did you deal with the naysayers? How did you deal with those older traditional church members having those comments towards you? How did you deal with that? That is a really good question. I think if I could go back and talk to Tasia. 12 years ago, I would have told her uh, to handle the situation very differently. But when it was happening at the time, I think I felt this need to like defend my choices (laughs) or defend my family. And I really wish I didn't spend that much time and energy doing that. It was just, you know, the natural reaction of the time. And I think for my husband he's just like just a couple years older than me and Mm -hmm. and because he went through so much judgment with having kids out of wedlock it's like he was already kind of immune to it but for me it was one of my first experiences of sort of doing something that people didn't like or that were disappointed with me with and I'm a people pleaser by nature so it was like really hard for me (laughs) first I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing something that people don't approve of. How dare I, you know? And so in the beginning, I I felt this need to constantly defend myself or like any person who had like needed to have some deep conversation with me about what I was doing, what I was getting myself into. I gave away more time and energy to it than I should have. And I would recommend to any stepmom getting into that situation, don't bother, just... (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. Just live your life. And I've, obviously there's people in your life who, who genuinely care about you, friends and the family who might just want to have a quick conversation of like, okay, are you sure you know what you're getting yourself into? And that's okay. But dealing with the people who you know are talking behind your back and then having these big conversations about how you're making a terrible decision or why can't you find someone who doesn't have kids and da 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 just smile, nod, and move on with your life. For me, the one thing that really helped was I didn't really know it at the time, but I could kind of cling on to this hope that time would be my vindicator, that like the longer I got away from, you know, the the initial beginning and actually being in marriage for a couple of years that the naysaying would stop and it was true like the longer we were married the happier we seemed it was harder and harder for people to talk trash at the time I definitely felt this need to always defend myself or try to explain away my decisions and I definitely don't recommend that just smile and nod listen to what they have to say if they're coming from a place of love of course entertain it if they're not then if anything for me it was a sign of really who should and shouldn't be in my life absolutely absolutely oh my goodness I relate so much to your story because I (laughs) was right there I was I was defending my future family I spent a lot of time trying to also prove that I can do this I I was trying to prove that I can be a stepmom I I'm able to do it. I'm going to excel at it. Like I I spent so (laughs) much time just trying to prove to people that I was going to be okay. And I said this in a previous episode that I believe that was one of my mistakes because it took time away from bonding with the boys. It took time away from us working on becoming a family. I allowed that um, external pressure to put pressure between us. That was one of my mistakes is being so defensive, trying to prove to family members, church members that I was going to be okay. But I agree with your point a thousand percent when you said that was an indicator of who would be in your life and who would not be in your life. I feel like one of the things too is like you kind of touched on it is that it really colors how you approach your family and being a stepmom when you have those naysayers in the background because instead of making decisions of what's best for your family you sort of unconsciously make decisions based on how you think people are going to react to them mm-hmm. and that's not the way to approach it because there's like every family is unique as well as every blended family is unique and therefore if you're trying to like make decisions based on what like people think you should do instead of what actually works well for your family, you're going to have all this tension and challenges in your experience in a blended family that you is unnecessary. A thousand percent. Oh my goodness. Like when I tell you, I can relate to your story. (laughs) And if I could even be even more transparent, I think that the pressure I received and the, the comments and all of that made me put pressure on my boyfriend at the time, who's not my husband, to propose because I wanted to be able to just like say first that I'm a wife and then a stepmom. Ah, because yeah, I, no, I get that. Yeah, because I knew that in the church environment that would gain more respect. And you know, if you were to say you're yeah. a wife as opposed to like, oh yeah, I'm dating this guy and he has kids. And just like you, um, I'm naturally a people pleaser. I'm a recovering people pleaser. (laughs) Thanks to my husband, I'm a recovering people pleaser. Yeah. 
because he's the complete opposite that made me put pressure on him to just propose so I could just be a wife and thinking that once I was a wife and I can just introduce myself as a wife or this is my husband that that would eliminate the negative comments and the reality is people are going to say what they're going to say regardless yes 100% I wanted to ask you because this is such an interesting topic the step parenting role in a church community what are your suggestions for ways that the church can embrace us more embrace step parenting because we talked about why it's a struggle for them because one the belief is in marriage and it's children after marriage then not having um children out of wedlock uh abstinence right those are all the reasons why they frown upon the fact that somebody would have had children outside of marriage mm-hmm. yeah. or somebody becoming a step parent obviously you're becoming a step parent because they're automatically thinking that there's a broken family so what are your suggestions in ways that the church can embrace the step parenting role more I think that the church can do better in terms of not seeing a blended family as something that's broken or less than than a nuclear family because the reality is, I mean, blended families are one of the fastest growing families in the country. If you're trying to put it within the context of people having a relationship with God, I mean, they might not start going to church till later in life right? Like that was the experience for my mom. She grew up in church when she was a kid, but she stepped away for years and years and years. She didn't start going back to church until I was 10. I mean, at that point, my parents um, were separated. So I mean, like, what what was she supposed to do? Like then all of a sudden, like now 10 years after being, I have many years being separated, go back to my dad and get married. Like it wouldn't make any sense. You have to work within the realities of people's lives. Anything is possible, of course. But the fact is, is that the church can still embrace the same values within the construct of a blended family. For us, we go to church. We, you know, still have certain key values in terms of what we expect from our kids and how we're raising them and having a sense of relationship with God, having a sense of community. So like all the same tenets are still there. They're just done within a different framework of the fact that we are a blended family. And I think when the church comes at it from that place of positivity, that regardless of what your family situation is, that we want to see you thriving, we want to see you healthy, we want to see lots of love. When you approach it with that context, any family can become a whole family, right? And I think that was always kind of the struggle that is like, if you didn't come to the table with this quote unquote, perfect family situation the nuclear family with the 2.5 kids and a white picket fence and all of a sudden it's like well somehow you've fallen outside the guidelines of what God can do and it's like well what since when do we putting a box on like okay. what you know faith should be and what a faith-filled family should look like so I agree with that well I'm happy that despite the inappropriate comments or the, the looks that we received um, whether <laughs> from the church community or other friends and family who didn't understand the situation I'm, I'm really happy to be on the other side I have to say that I'm happy to be married I have my family I'm happy and you're <laughs> on the other side as well and you've been married for how long we'll be 12 years in August oh wow yeah so that's like way behind you <laughs> yeah exactly way behind you okay let's switch gear and talk about the relationship that you have with your children's biological mother because I'm really interested in that as well um how would you describe your relationship with her so we have a very amicable situation I know that 
technically not the norm because I feel like most stepmoms are like, what? So we actually get along really well. I consider her to be a friend. We've It's taken years, obviously. It's not something that happens overnight, but it's started on a place for mutual respect and it sort of like grew from there and we figured out what doesn't work what gets on each other's nerves where we're pushing boundaries and so how many years later we've developed a very good relationship wow you just said you consider her to be a friend and that's big (laughs) that is big (laughs) because no because that's not usually the norm right in the step parenting world right that's not usually the norm it would be it would be in an ideal world we would love to all be able to get along with the biological mother because obviously that would help with the family dynamics, right? But that's not the case. So it's amazing that you have that relationship with her. So I'm sure the listeners definitely want to know, how did you get to the place where it was amicable? Like, how did you build that relationship with her? Well, one, it started off on a decent playing field because of her relationship with my husband, right? Because I think a lot of the contention comes from is the fact that like, if they didn't end well, if they were in a poor place or they have a really poor relationship, that's what spills into the blended family situation and into your relationship with her as a stepmom. And because my husband and her had amicable decision to just become co-parents and that like they had both kind of come to that conclusion of like, hey, you know what, we really don't work well is a couple but we're good friends and we we're good parents we love our kids so let's just continue down that way and I think that's where it was easier for me because I didn't come into a situation where they had this horrible breakup or divorce or she still is in love with him and wants to be with him or that's where usually a lot of that kind of stuff kind of comes can come into it and that wasn't the situation right from the very beginning She did something that I thought was very admirable was she had actually um, offered to take me out to dinner when we were engaged and just the two of us. And she was like, I just want to straight off from the get go. I'm not going to be a problem. You know, I respect him and I respect you. And she's like, I know how much he adores his children. So if he trusts you with the kids, then I'm going to trust you with the kids. And like, that was kind of like how we sort of, started off so it was I had a pretty good foundation I guess to start with in the beginning but after that like it takes work for sure like there was definitely times where like I would step on her toes she would step on my toes there have been points in our relationship where we've had like not as much contact with each other and there's other points and seasons we've gone through where we're pretty cool and we will actually like do things together so like you go through like seasons ebbs and flows so like any relationship in the world it's gonna like have its moments and adjustments and so I think with anyone it's possible and but it also depends like what the situation you started off with where the other person's coming from if they don't want to have a relationship with you well then that's pretty straightforward of where you're going to go with it from there but if someone's open to a relationship then there are certain things you can kind of do to build that I'm just so amazed by this. Honestly, I'm so amazed. I think it's so amazing. There are two things that I'm taking from what you just said. One of them that you mentioned, which is a great point, is that they left off on good terms. So that helped with you and her getting on good terms. And I feel that if healing doesn't take place, 
if it was a, a bad situation and healing doesn't take place, then they won't be in the emotional space to even have that type of relationship with stepmoms. That's like one. Because yeah. um, I think that was a great point. And then two, I just want to take the time to like give her props because that's not usually <laughs> the case. For a, No, honestly, for a biological mother to see another woman come in and be around her children and obviously you're going to be around them more than 50% of the time and for her to just mm-hmm. take the time to take you out for dinner to have a discussion like props to her I admire that you are truly blessed you mentioned there obviously you both had to be willing participants and then it, it still took some work even though it started off great obviously it still took some work and you mentioned that there were a couple of times where you may have stepped on her toes or she may have stepped on your toes so I want to know how can you make sure that you set boundaries but while you're still maintaining that peace between the two of you i think for the get-go you have to communicate what your boundaries are so you have to have that communication right from the beginning to kind of determine because no one everyone's different right even her and i we have different personalities to some degree and some things that might bother me would not bother her but things bother her would not bother me so you gotta automatically sort of just lay out what you think would work best in the beginning and I think if anything my problem in the beginning was I just didn't want to rock the boat so a lot of the times I would just like bite my tongue about certain things that I didn't like and I'm sure I know there's situations where she probably did the same I have a really silly example but this was one of the ones that happened in the beginning one time, um, my husband, he does home renovations and is in like real estate and all that stuff. He was working on the house. She came by to drop off the kids so that we could like keep cleaning and working on the house, but we could spend time with, with them. And so she dropped them off. And in that time, we were just kind of like chit-chatting and he, you know, she was being polite and asking like, oh, how are things going? Da, da, da. And he's like, oh yeah, we're doing this. Let's do that. And he's like, oh, I, um, I forgot some cleaner stuff and she was like oh yeah I'm heading to the store do you want me to grab anything you know I can drop it off on the way back and he's like yeah sure no problem and so he asked for her to pick up something a cleaning supply and she's like yeah no problem so me and him are just kind of checking back and forth and then he was like off the top of his head he was like oh shoot I forgot I should have grabbed some extra socks because something he was doing I forgot what it was but like his like feet would get wet from whatever he was washing or doing something so she left and so we hung out with the kids and then she came back um, like an hour or two later and she's like, oh, here's the cleaning supplies you wanted. And he's like, cool. Thank you so much. And then she pulled out of the bag. She's like, oh, I grabbed you some extra socks. And I remember being like, what? Like, <laughs> why would you buy him socks? <laughs> and, and they were both, oh, cool. He's like, oh, cool. Thanks. And it's like, you know, threw it in the corner or whatever. And then she grabbed the kids and laughed or whatever. And then I upset. And so he would like look at me and he's kind of telling me, he's like, what was what, the problem? And I'm like, why should I use socks for? And he was, I don't know, because I guess she heard me mention that I forgot to grab extra socks. And I'm like, yeah, but that's not her place. Like, she doesn't need to be buying me socks. <laughs> you know? It sounds ridiculous to me now. But he, I mean, for him, he's like, what? He's like, what is it? He's like, they're Walmart tube socks. He's like, he's like, who cares? But no. So I remember that was a silly example, but it was something where, no, that's a boundary for me. She does not need to, but that's a job for a wife. She doesn't buy you anything that goes on your body. I know she's just trying to be nice, but no. And so I remember mentioning it to her and she, oh my God, I totally didn't think of it. She was like, I was, I was just trying to be helpful. 
and she's that's her personality she's a very incredibly kind very pleasant person and she's very helpful so she's just like oh I'm so sorry I was in the store and I, I walked by the section and it cleared into me that he mentioned something about socks and she's oh you're right I get how that could be perceived like the wrong way no problem I'll never do it again you know <laughs> and so you got you unfortunately kind of don't know these kinds of things until you come across them and, and then you have to communicate you have to be able to say like nope that's a boundary for me you're crossing it and I need there to be a clear distinction between your your relationship with him as a co-parent and my relationship with him as a wife and we have very different roles and when you make those kind of boundaries and distinctions clear everyone gets along so much better (laughs) that is so funny but you know what as much as part of you wants to be okay she was just being helpful the other part of you is nah hold on now because it starts with socks and then next it might be boxers so hold on right you're like where is this like no like it's gonna be one day and then no it's true and that's the thing that's why you have to know for some people they might be like oh who cares it's no big deal it's like talk right but then for other people they're like no that's a huge spending for me it was like nope that's crossing the line for me I don't know exactly why but for me it's a crossing line and that's the thing it could be the silliest thing in the world but everyone's different and everyone wants their you know their places of boundaries and you got to respect that absolutely you have to communicate and just set that those boundaries from the beginning it may sound silly to some people but I think that you have to set the boundaries that work for you for your situation there's no cookie cutter or manual that this is what should be done or should not be done you just have to set those boundaries for your situation whatever that is yeah and I think that a lot of things that a lot of stepmoms struggle with uh, particularly in the beginning is trying to kind of figure out that boundary between what is your family and what is like the construct of what their family was. And I think that's where a lot of stepmoms struggle to figure out how to come into it and how to create boundaries because they feel like, oh, am I now creating a line over something that was already theirs between their kids at the same time? And I think communicating for sure. And then the other thing for me that's really helped is we've set up our own traditions as a family so even though there are be times where the boundary lines are a little bit more blurred where we're like you know for example like the kids birthdays we spend those all together I'm not going to make my kids make a decision of having like whose parents am I going to spend my birthday with like to me like that's where they come first and if they want all three parents in the room at the time that's what they get but then there's boundaries in terms of like other like holiday we have our own family things that we do like we have like easter just passed i do a easter egg hunt with the kids every year that's done at our house she has her own traditions of what she does with the kids when they're at her house so those are kinds of things that you can kind of do to help create those boundaries that actually brings me to the next question i had for you because uh, obviously we can see that there are benefits to having a good relationship with a biological mother. And I was going to ask you, like, what are some examples of that? And you just shared one, which uh, was the birthdays, that the children can celebrate the birthdays with all of their parents there together. Are there any other examples that you can give us of the benefits of having, like, the stepmom having a good relationship with the bio mom? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, when it comes to the kids, kids are very ideal, right? They, they just genuinely want everybody to get along. They like, they love all their parents. So like, they don't want to have to make choices. They don't want to have to try to like create allegiances and worry about like, if I'm too close to my stepmom, well, that upset my biological mom, right? Like, 
So if you can kind of remove that away, one, it's so much healthier for the kids. And then the other thing is it's just easier for you. I mean, like, when I watch people go through all this, like, quote-unquote baby mama drama, like, it just sounds exhausting to me. I just don't have the time or energy to be fighting with the bio mom and then yelling at my husband through him to her. Like, that's just, it's just so much negative um, tension and energy that is not healthy for you. And no matter what, the kids are always going to pick up on it. So it's so much easier for your life and for the kids' life. And it's also much easier to have an amicable relationship with, with their mom if for them, like for the kids to develop a relationship with you. The reason for me is that I've had such a great relationship with my stepkids is that straight up from the beginning, it was made clear to them that I am not less than in their life. So it was made clear from my husband and her that they were to respect me at the same level as respecting them. So if I said something, it was, oh, well, I don't really have to listen to that because that's just my stepmom. It was, I was given the same authority in their life right from the beginning. And that was one of the other things that really helped me to develop a good relationship with them because if they come into it automatically knowing, oh, you're not really at the same level or I don't really need to kind of listen to you, there's no respect there, that is so much harder for you to bond with your kids because then they're feeling like they're aware that there's some weird distinction between who you are and versus who their biological parents are. And everyone's different. Some stepmoms, their situation is different. And unfortunately, that is just the way it's been set out. But if people ask, how do I have such a good relationship or why do I, it's important to me to have a good relationship with their mom is because it's made my life so much easier to have a good and healthy relationship with my stepkids. Because if I didn't, if they came into it right off the bat, knowing, well, my mom hates you. So therefore I'm not going to like you and I'm not going to listen to you. Then I wouldn't have had a good relationship right from the beginning. What has being a stepmom taught you about yourself? Oh, wow. That is a really good question. I am probably more sensitive than I thought I was (laughs) in terms of me always thinking that I was very calm, cool and collected and things like socks irritate me. (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, but for real, I realized that, yes, um, I had to work on, you know, my patience or um, being able to work on not letting the little things get to me. And I think it's definitely made me a much better person in the last few years of having to work on those things of like, okay, letting certain things go, but also the flip side of it was also knowing when to speak up and to, I clearly wasn't doing that enough. And because I was a people pleaser, I would self-sacrifice a lot instead of just saying like, Hey, if I just spoke up and said, you know, this is uncomfortable for me, I don't like it. A lot of the time it's fairly well received and either from her or from my husband, you're like, okay, you're right. Okay. Let's adjust that. Let's, let's, you know, do that differently. And so it's taught me to, in general, in life, that if I'm not happy with something or to not always just bite my tongue, that it's okay to say what is important to you and what matters. And I think being a stepmom, not necessarily taught me, but it's definitely 
made me a better person. It's just, I think it's made me a better mother for sure, because I got to help raise these three beautiful stepkids and who, you know, I consider my own. And because of that, I was able to already see good parenting um, right from the beginning because there was, they were already doing a really good job. But I also was able to add my sense of like style of parenting in there. And so we kind of figured out a good blend of like what I prefer, what they prefer. And so when it came to my biological children, I feel like I had a really good formula sort of already like laid out, which was really great and made me not sweat the small stuff as much. I'm like so much more patient about like socks being on the floor, books being left out. And like I'd, I'd take things a little bit more chill now instead of like feeling like everything needs to look perfect 24 seven. Um, so yeah, so I think those are some of the things that have being a stepmom has really taught me. I love that. I always like to ask that question to the stepmoms because I feel that this journey is a journey of growth. And obviously, you know, we may have made mistakes and we'll continue to make mistakes. Things. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing. It has taught you on your journey. Yeah, no, it was a really good question. I never really thought about it that way. <laughs> okay, so during our conversation, you gave some great advice. Um, one of them was to communicate with your spouse, speak up for yourself, uh, set some boundaries. So you gave some great advice, but I wanted to know if you can give one final piece of advice to another stepmom, what would it be? Ooh, um, hmm. Trying to think of like, what would I want to hear if I was a new stepmom? I think it's just to do what is best for you and your family. Don't try to mimic anybody else don't build off you know the structure of your family base of other people's opinions you have to figure out one what you and your husband want in terms of your expectations for family your expectations for the kids your roles and so forth and then you have to work within the dynamics of the bio mom I mean everyone's different right like you can have in my case, which is probably the more rare one, but I have my mom who was open and friendly and, and willing to work with me. But there are some people who are completely indifferent and they just want to drop the kids off and peace out. And then there's people who are highly conflictual and like there's a high conflict situation there. So you got to work with what you've got. So I think that people make these mistakes all the time. And I definitely made that mistake in the beginning that you're trying to just do what you think people want you to do or how it's going to look the best on the outside instead of necessarily what is right for you and your family. And I think in my situation, because I was so used to everyone's, well, you need to make it clear that like you're the wife and this is your boundaries and she needs to basically stay out of your business. And that sort of people came into it with this negative, high conflictual, way approach to things because that's what they used to seeing and because that wasn't but that wasn't my situation and so sometimes I probably made things more conflictual or put the boundaries like way too high because I was trying to do things according to what people wanted instead Mm -hmm. of you know what my situation was a little bit different some people can't stand the bio mom that's I don't have this crazy person that's trying to make my life hell you know so like that I shouldn't approach it with that way of thinking. So I think if I could share anything with just 
you and your man, you sit down together or vice versa if it's flip genders. I mean, you got to sit down with your partner and figure out what is going to work for us and you set the foundation and then you kind of go off of it from there and, and then bring the kids into it, bring the bio parent into it and figure out from there what will work for you because your situation will be completely unique to anybody else's situation. So, and that's all that matters. As long as you are happy and you feel that there is love and joy and peace in your home and your family, then it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or says. Point blank period. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Okay. I want to ask you in your opinion, uh, what can husbands do to help their wives in the step parenting role? That's key. I think it is important for husbands, especially to listen, listen first, react later, <laughs> and just automatically try to take the time to listen to your wife and figure out what it is that, that she needs in this time. And that sometimes even the things that we're like ranting about, my husband's gotten very good at this over the years. So like I might be nitpicking this silly little thing and he can finally sort of figure out that like, okay, it's not about the socks. It's about <laughs> something else. And I need to figure out what is bugging her. It's not the socks. It's something behind the socks that's bothering her. Right. And if husbands take the time to listen instead of react or get defensive or just be frustrated and be like, you're just being crazy. You're a woman. You're being nuts. If they take that time, to hear you out you will go so much farther in your relationship and, and be able to build your family in such a more constructive constructive way so I think that's really really important and it works for everybody in the family but if he tries to see it from your perspective to try to remember that it's already a vulnerable uncomfortable time to kind of be walking into a, oh, an already made family that he has to try to see from your perspective that like this is a very vulnerable thing to be like okay there was already kids here there was already a relationship here and now I'm trying to come into that and figure out my role in this and if he embraces that and tries to always put that in the back of his mind that like okay this is a really vulnerable thing for her therefore let me try to do what I can to support her in this situation Mm -hmm. I mean, it's super hard for the guys. I feel it for my husband sometimes that he's stuck between a rock and a hard place. <laughs> At times, so I try to have sympathy for them. As long as he listens and tries to always remember that this is a vulnerable place for you to be in, you guys will figure things out really well. I agree with that. I think it's it's hard for both parties. It's just different struggles, different challenges, but it's hard for both parties. But like you said, as long as we kind of stick together, we communicate and we have each other's back, then it's, you know, anything is possible. I really enjoyed hearing more about your story. To me, your story represents hope. I think that there's hope in the relationship between bio moms and stepmoms. I think that we have to stop just going along with the narrative of, you know, the baby mama drama or the evil stepmom, and it's possible yeah. for possible to have a great relationship or an amicable relationship between those two parties so for me your story represents hope but I wanted to know what are you hoping that people will gain from your journey and your story I hope that they do get the message of hope I hope that they realize that we don't just need to accept what is the norm just because we see certain negative images in the media and movies and so forth of like what it's like to deal with 
a stepmom or a bio mom, like we don't have to accept that as the standard. And also don't look at the situation for me to like real, like to think that you're going to have this like bestie relationship with that shouldn't necessarily be your goal. Everyone's situation is completely different. Everyone has different personalities, but at least if you try to find some common ground with her when it comes to the kids, like, I think that if no, I hope no one listens to this and be like, oh my gosh, she's like BFF with her by mom. Like, no, that's not <laughs> the case. <laughs> in, in that sense, like, don't think that that's what like we're going for here, but at least you should be able to get along with the, with the kids. So even if you're not going to be like, oh, we're going to go have, you know, girls night every once a week, that should not necessarily be the, the gold standard, but can you at least hang out with your kids? Because that should be the common ground that you should be able to find something that you appreciate in each other because you're both mothering children that, mm-hmm. you know, have mean something to you in your life. So I think for me, for example, uh, was it last year? Uh, Michelle Obama came to town. And so she really wanted to take the, my oldest girls to go see her. And I really wanted to do it as well. So we're like, okay, well, we'll just all go together, you know? And I think that if you can at least achieve that, at least, okay, can we at least be able to get along if that's the only time you hang out with each other is just at least with the kids that you're winning you don't need to be bff but if you can at least be able to be in the same room with them and do things with your kids because that's usually what ideally what the kids want then that's great that is what you should be hoping for and achieve and i'm hoping that they'll get from me that it is possible you can have a good amicable relationship it might not happen right away it will take some work you will tick each other off a couple of times before you find that groove, but eventually it is possible. What we're stressing the most in this is that you have to do what works best for you. So like you said, don't think you're going to go in and just, we're going to be best friends or we're going to be enemies. Both parties have to be willing participants and then do what works for you within the boundaries that you guys have set. I think that's, that's the biggest, the message we're trying to relay here. You know that the Plus Her podcast is all about changing the evil stepmom narrative. So I want to know, in your opinion, how can we change this evil stepmom narrative? I think it's doing this. I think what you're doing with your podcast is absolutely amazing. It's so needed in this time. And I think a lot of what it is, is that those of us who do have positive situations and who are genuinely blessed and happy to be a stepmom, we're not out there voicing it enough (laughs) and I feel like unfortunately it's kind of like the squeaky wheel gets the grease where there's a lot of the time you're kind of always hearing more about the negative examples and because I guess it's entertaining and salacious for some people you (laughs) unfortunately as human beings we gravitate to the drama versus the peace I think doing this being able to share I wish I had more women around me when I was stepping into my stepmom's journey to share with me of like their experiences and be open and honest about the pitfalls as well as the blessings and you know the joys that come from having a blended family. So I think I really commend you for stepping out and doing this podcast because I think it's so needed that a lot of the time just hearing these kinds of things, it's so healing. Like you get to realize, oh wow, other people are experiencing the same things and you get to hear more positivity linked to this. So I think if there's just more of us who are having 
you know, a good experience, we got to share it. And, and even if you're not, yes, we got to share like the things of the negative things as well, but share it in that positive construct of, well, this is what didn't go well. And this is what I learned from it. And this is how I'm doing it better. So I think if we changing the evil stepmom narrative is, is approaching it in a positive light. Okay. We've heard a lot about the negative side. Let's try to shed some light on, on the good and the positive. Well, thank you so much. That's the reason I decided to start this whole podcast. I was one, I was tired of hearing the negative, negative side of negative side of the story, the negative narrative of stepmoms or the relationship with bio moms. And then two, because when I first started my journey, I didn't have anybody to really go to for advice and whatnot. So that mm-hmm. those were the main reasons why I started this podcast. And as much as it's part of changing the narrative, sharing the stories, I I'm so appreciative when other stepmoms who have positive stories as well are willing to come on the podcast and share their stories. So thank you so much for being willing to share your story with us. And as I really appreciate it, I enjoyed this conversation and you helped us to be one step closer to changing that evil stepmom narrative. So thank you so much, Tasha. <laughs> thank you so much. This was a blast. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. If you're enjoying this podcast and have not already done so, please be sure to rate it and subscribe for more. And if you enjoyed today's episode, why not leave a review? Listen, I would love to continue this conversation with you. So connect with us at Plus Her on Instagram and Twitter. Upload a picture of this episode and tag us. Hashtag Plus Her Podcast. And for those of you who are shy, shoot me an email. Hello at plusher.ca. Tell me, what resonated with you the most from today's episode? What struck a chord? Last but not least, I want you to remember to share this episode with a stepmama who needs it. Share it with a friend. Remember, sharing is caring. Until next time, hugs and kisses.